0: Welcome to another podcast today. I will be talking about how to overcome false beliefs and also limiting beliefs that your prospects might have in their mind that is actually stopping them from choosing you and going ahead with your business. My name is Cornel Ladigan, co-founder of BizVideo. The purpose of this podcast is to take you on a journey of how we use story to grow our business. Thank you for joining me today. As a salesperson, you probably know that it is super easy to blame your customers, saying, oh, why don't they just sign up with me, oh, this person can't make a decision, and all these kind of things. But what one thing we have to understand is that everyone, including you, and also including your prospects, have a self-image. Now the thing is, self-image can mean a whole lot of things and can change the way you sell and do business so here's a story to illustrate my point so when i first started in getting into mountain biking i was doing a few little rides here and there in the in the narang state forest and i know at the time my my uncle was really into all these mountain bike races and so on right so this long term sorry long distance endurance style um, races and he always did this race in south africa called the cape epic and um, just to give you some background on this um, race. It's almost like the, the mountain bike version of the Tour de France. It's um, it's eight days, and it's like 16 kilometers of vertical climbing, so it means you actually climb Mount Everest twice, and it's just insane. It's, it's one of the biggest in the world. Now, one day I was talking to my cousin um, on the phone. I was at a friend's barbecue, and um, for some reason my cousin called me, and we started talking a little bit, and um, she was mentioning that um, you know, there might be a spot um, for this Cape Epic because one of her, um, you know, um, dad's, you know, buddies uh, fell out, and that he he couldn't do the race anymore. And you know, at the time, I said, "Yeah, cool. Well, I've done a few little races here and there in in Australia, but you know, nothing like that. It might might be like twenty k's or something like that." So you know, uh, and the words slipped out of my mouth. I was like. Yeah, okay, cool, I'll I'll definitely, I'll have a look, yeah. Because I I didn't want to say no to my cousin straight away. Um, So I just said, okay, cool, let's do it. So inside, at the time, I was thinking like, what the heck did you just do? You know, the most you've ridden in a race is 20Ks. Like, how are you going to be able to do over 800Ks, you know, in South Africa on some of the, like the craziest terrain ever? Like, how is that even possible? And, um, you know, so then my, my uncle got on the phone and um, because he heard, he overheard this, um, this commotion going on in the background with my cousin. And my uncle said, you know what, there's actually this guy, uh, I think the previous year, that had one leg, he did half of the Cape Epic I and mean, then for some reason, he couldn't keep going. But that's four or five days, I can't remember exactly how many days, and I'm like, well, surely if if that guy can you know do that many days I should definitely you know give it a go so I committed and um, I I started training like crazy but then one thing happened and it was like my ITB so for you guys that don't know it's like this band that runs you know alongside your leg and uh, got really inflamed and really sore and every time my knee would go like this even walking downstairs or pedaling or anything that ITB like kept um, like crossing over my knee and it was just the craziest pain ever. So even just walking was just crazy. But the thing is, I already committed to this Cape Epic. You have to have a buddy. So I've, I've committed to the buddy, the, the partner that I went with and I could not pull out. So I, went, I flew all the way to South Africa, um, the long, long trek um, to Johannesburg and then flew down to Cape Town uh, where this race took place. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. Just obviously try your try your best you know as anyone would. and um, going to the, the start line, which is crazy. So I remember this morning um, like it was like yesterday and this was back in 2010. I remember getting to the venue, the start line, and each person has this massive bag that the, organization, or the race organizers give you at the beginning where you can pack in all your stuff and they put it on a bus and take it to the next location because you go from point to point with this race. And I remember, um, you know, bike in the one hand, bag across the other hand, just like super nervous, walking up, putting my bag down, and then went to the start line. And I remember it was super foggy because it was just like, um, it was really early in the morning, and I was so nervous. I looked down at my heart rate monitor, my heart rate said over 180, it was 185. I could not believe it. I was like, man, I have not even started this race, and my heart rate is over 180, just super nervous. And um, the thing is, it felt like forever for us to even just get started. We're just sitting there, and it was probably maybe like 15 minutes, but honestly, it felt like hours. And um, anyway, we started, We um, the race started. And um, as we, we kept, like, you know, as I went along, you know, a few kilometers in, I'm, I'm talking maybe three k's in, I saw a few, they, there's heaps of guys with flats, right? So they, they, their tires blew out. And I'm like, wow, that's just the beginning of the race. Uh, and then there were some people, like some grown up guys, like men, on the side, on the floor, just sitting like this next to the road, crying. Okay, so you can imagine that they would have trained so much You know ahead of this this race they would have done like sometimes 80 100ks especially if you if you train on the road you would sometimes do you put in a 150k ride and so on so there's no there's i'm not doubting their ability to ride like these guys were super they were athletic they were lying on the side crying it just broke them and like me i'm seeing all this stuff and my false beliefs about me not being able to do this kept crawling up inside of me and then i was like you know what Let's just get through this one day. If I can get through this day, which is 140Ks, I'll, I'll call it quits and then I'll be super ashamed and all that stuff, but I'm not gonna die doing this thing. Anyway, so I kept pushing and then, like, after 60Ks, uh, I just completely hit the wall. I remember we, we just finished the climb and we just went down this, this long, windy, um, like, uh, ro- uh, dirt road and uh, it was a nice long descent so I could really rest. But at the bottom, I just hit the wall and the, and the wind was just insane. And I was riding in like a little group and then it was just sand all of a sudden. So you're like riding on sand, headwind in Cape. Like for anyone that's been to Cape Town, like the wind is just insane there. And just all this wind pushing against my, my face and I just could not go. And I just felt like completely defeated. Anyway, again, I was like, okay, let's just get through this one day. I'll scrap the rest don't worry about the the next seven days. Like, there's no way on earth that I'll be able to finish this, the the next seven days, so eight days completely. And I had to stop so many times and just stretch my ITB because it's just in complete pain. Now, the last part of the um, the race was uh, on that stage was actually a train track. And you won't believe me, they put us through 12 kilometers of that. So that's just to give you a little sample of like, this is what the race organizers sent me at, at the end. And, um, you know, again, like you're, you're just like swearing like crazy. And I fell one time and it's like bleeding everywhere on this train track anyway. And then so back when when I said yes, you know, 20, I, I did 20K rides then and there like before that day. And now I'm doing a 140K stage and there's seven more days left, you know, in the worst possible terrain ever. So what I thought I was capable of was completely different to the truth. And that's the same as some of your clients, right? Something they think they are capable of or not capable of is completely different to what the truth is. And that's what I mean by limiting beliefs and false beliefs. False beliefs is probably a little bit easier to demonstrate here. But if someone thinks they can't do something, which is big picture, that's a false belief, right? In their mind, they believe it to be true. So for them, that belief is true. They're not identifying that as a false belief. However, you know based on previous results you've been able to get your clients and so on that that isn't a um, false belief because previous clients like them had the same uh, false belief in their mind. You helped them overcome that false belief, right? And then now you've been able to help them. So that is what I mean by a false belief. Now, just going back to my little uh, Cape Epic story. I'm not going to give you. I'm not going to spoil the complete story, but I did finish the stage, right? And that, that's a photo of me being completely hammered. Um, they give you one of these bags at the end of the um, the race. I t- I took two. I was like, no, nah, stuff this. I stuff my face. I don't know if you can see the photo. It's full of dirt and everything. I was like that. At that during that stage every single second and every single minute every meter every pedal every hundred meters every k I completed in my mind I was like there's no way I can finish this that was my belief that's a false belief I finished that stage and again I'm not going to spoil the story because I want to reveal some more in the next few podcasts and that's my way of hooking you and um, getting you hooked on my podcast so you can find out what happened the rest of that mountain bike race so anyway if, if it wasn't for my cousin and for my uncle telling me those stories, like the story of the guy with one leg, I would not have overcome that false belief in my mind when I was sitting here back in Australia and made my way all the way to South Africa, okay? Complete um, halfway through that first stage, if I d- didn't think about those stories of like, yeah, my uncle has done this about eight times before me, There's been all these people that have finished it before me. I would not have completed that first day. You don't understand. And that's why I really wanted to paint this picture of how bad and how crazy this race was. Because if I had no stories in the back of my mind, I would not have finished that day. I would have just given up. I would have taken my phone. I would have called someone, a helicopter or whatever, to come pick me up in the middle of Africa. um, You know, just and pick me up. I would have just given up. And that's the same with, again, the same as your prospects and your clients you are there to actually help them you are there to plant stories like the one my uncle told me about the guy with the one leg to plant those stories in your mind so that they can inspire you sorry inspire your clients right so you have the responsibility to plant the stories in your prospects minds to inspire them to overcome their false beliefs and to take action so that they can grow whether it is value or overcome some of their problems. Okay, so your prospects' limiting beliefs and false beliefs might be ex- there's there's a few things. It's external, so it's like well, um, not enough money, or we don't have enough money, or um, the other one is uh, it, it's a vehicle, so that it might they might be a, they might have a false belief about the industry and the type of business you're in, like that industry is very dodgy and all that kind of thing. Or you as a salesperson, so if you're watching this as a salesperson. Um, a limiting belief and a false belief might be sales pe- people are always dodgy they are just there to get money and blah, blah blah all those things so you've got to help them overcome that false belief and the other one's internal so this is where you have to inspire them to overcome some of those false beliefs of i can't do this so exactly the same as me with that mountain bike i can't do this even though i did so the thing is how many more deals so if you had to go right down how many deals you actually have in the pipeline right now uh, go have a look and, and rate them. So how long have they been in that pipeline? Okay. And if you can go put, put a little dot in next to each one that you think there are some false beliefs hanging around and that's why they are not committing to you. Right. I can promise you most of the ordeals is because of a false belief that your client is sitting with at the moment. And again, it might be about the industry. It might be an internal false belief or it might be an external false belief, right? Just go identify that and think for yourself, if you can help these prospects overcome that false belief, what will happen? The next logical thing is they will be open minded to hearing you out, looking at your proposal, agreeing to your proposal, if it makes sense and if it will solve some of their problems, okay? But at the moment, they don't think it's going to solve their their problems because they've got false beliefs so how can you do this the the way you can do this again going back to the guy with the one leg that was a story told me to me okay you as a business as a salesperson need to start using stories to overcome some of these false beliefs and limiting beliefs that people have in their own mind if you can inspire these people what will happen okay you will actually help them more because they'll come on board with you um, they'll do business with you, you can help them out, and it'll actually grow your business as well because now you've got extra clients. Now, how can you tell these stories, right? So there's a few ways. You can tell your story as an individual, so if you're a salesperson, and you can also tell the story of your business. And I'm just going to go back to the individual one. This one is super important. So if you work in an organization with, let's say, 100 people, okay, just to paint a quick picture, and you're just one of the 15 salespeople in there. You need to craft your own stories, okay? Because, again, people, the prospects that you're talking about, have false beliefs based on the company that you work for, even though your company might be awesome, okay? Ethical and all those things, right? They still have false beliefs. And you, because you're associated with that company, they associate those same false beliefs towards you. So how can you quickly overcome this? is through telling your own story okay so i'm just going to go back one step so how can you tell stories tell your own story as an individual whether you work in the business or whether you own the business number two is tell the the business story so that means all the people the team everything right all the clients the third thing is is tell stories of your clients like the guy with the one leg that i said to you before that guy even though i've never met him I've only heard this story I've never seen the story anywhere else except I heard it from my uncle that's the story that made me do this Cape Epic right and get through that first stage for now again I'll be telling the rest of the story soon so this is what our clients are doing they're doing a business overview film right a story of their business no the second thing is they do an origin story of their business some of our clients do individual stories right The other thing is they do case, we do heaps of case studies. So for some of our clients, we've done 12, 13, 14, I don't even know, case studies, right? I I did did this analogy the other day um, on another podcast. Is your prospect is sitting in front of you, right? Your perfect ideal client. Now you have to go back and look in your little toolbox. Imagine this is a little toolbox, right? And in this toolbox, you've got to open it up and you've got to fetch a case study out of that to give to this prospect, okay? It's got to be a case study that they will relate to. So that it could be the industry, the type of person, the, the role they are in the company, the type of result, the type of problems you've solved. You want a bunch of case studies, stories, right? To put into that. If my uncle told me a story, because I'm also into squash and so is he. If he told me a story about the squash guy, right? That got through the squash match to try and motivate me to do the Cape Epic, it wouldn't have worked. It's completely two different stories right so that's why you need a bunch of case studies and the other thing is is individual false belief breaking stories right so this is where you as a business can create personal stories right of you talking and so on providing value so this is hidden inside a educational content video okay and you give it to the prospects to help them overcome specific false beliefs so if you anticipate this person or this prospect might have a false belief let's say for example this costs too much right then you're going to again go in your little toolbox of false belief breaking story videos you're going to reach in and you're going to take out that story that that content video and put it in front of them right so this might be a text it might be an email it might be in person There's so many different ways of doing this. It might be remarketing on Facebook ads and so on. I don't want to go into all those details. I just want you to understand the core principles here. Then you will will convert that person so much quicker, okay? And we're just talking about one prospect. Now go multiply that all, over all your prospects and imagine you have a personal story, you've got a, a business uh, story, you've got an origin story for your business, you've got let's say 10 case study stories, right? And you've got about 10 um, you know, false belief breaking story content videos. What will happen to let's say 1,000 or 10,000 people in your pipeline at the moment? What will happen? I guarantee you your sales will look completely different. This is so important guys, you have to understand how stories can overcome false beliefs. So I hope this podcast have helped you guys. If you like this video, if you're watching this on YouTube, please go subscribe, hit like, um, send me a comment, tell me what you think. If you are listening to this on, uh, you know, as a, as a podcast, uh, audio podcast, please subscribe whatever channel you are um, listening to this and then also share it and, and comment, all those kind of things. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Have a fantastic day.